Here is clue number two. I have won Olympic silver and gold medals. I have won Olympic silver and gold medals. All right. Um, So that is your second clue. No one has it right yet. No one has it right yet. Okay, the first clue is I played provincial rugby. That will help many. Yeah, I played provincial rugby for counties and Canterbury. That was clue one. Clue two, I have won Olympic silver and gold medals. So double eight, double three, if you know the answer. Double eight, double three will announce the winner around 8.30. Time to get away now to Jacob Spoonley, former All-Whites goalkeeper. Mm. He joins us because... They're playing for the Soccer Ashes today. If you didn't know that was a thing, it's a thing. Uh, it is the All Whites against the Socceroos at Brentford Stadium in London. Good morning, Spoons. How are you, mate? Good, thank you, Ricardo. Morning, lads. Um, can I take a guess at uh, who the competition is? Sure. Because silver medal and gold medal and provincial rugby player does sound like Jacob Spoonley. Yeah, it sounds a lot like Jacob Spoonley. Uh, I thought you were going to say Ben Sigmund for a minute. Uh, he he did play some he did play some club rugby in Canterbury, didn't he? He did, mate. He did. Yes, yeah. uh, one of the few crossovers. I yeah. think we we like to stay well away from the sort of amazing games that we've seen in the quarterfinals thus far. They have been compelling, but God, that defence has been. Uh, Pretty brutal at times, lads. Uh, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, seeing you brought it up, spoons. Uh, if you were ever to play the fifteen man code, what position would you? I, I know goalkeeper, you tend to sit at the back and not do much. So fullback, like is he? Rangi Toto, <laughs> first fifteen, first five in attack. Wow. And then defensively, fullback, and prayed that no one broke the line. I lasted <laughs> there all you of go. thirty exactly minutes. Exactly like the dagger, mate. That's what we like to see in here. Exactly like me. I'd see, I think you go great out there, Spoons. Mate, great to have you on the show, mate. How you been? And talk to us about this football ashes. It got lost, and now it's back. Yeah. Good morning, Izzy. Like all good things in football, um, the trophies tend to go missing, and you can only imagine that this made it its way into someone's cupboard after a few too many celebrations one night. But we've got it back. Uh, we're learning about it, Izzy. And I think yep. what this trophy signals is an intent to establish much more regular trans-Tasman uh, engagements. And boy, is that a good thing, uh, because the New Zealand playing pool is coming online. Not only do we have the players that can fill the starting eleven, but we are building out some very frightening depth. And to his credit, although he steals a player from us from time to time, Graham Arnold is doing the same across the Tasman, and they had a fantastic World Cup. So it's a, a really... It's a real privilege to play the Socceroos this morning. Mate, just just on that, 20 trans-Tasman meetings dating back to 1991. We've only uh, scored five times, but that is not many since then. What's going on there? You're our neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right, Izzy. And I think what that speaks to is a bit of a lull in, um, in all-whites football in particular and potentially the way in which we've developed players Um, in New Zealand for some time. That is not this team. Um, And I'll say that with a big caveat because they did go four or five games without scoring a goal against uh, international competition before the World Cup qualifier against Costa Rica. But this team is a team that you do want to watch. So we've just seen the starting 11 released by New Zealand football. And although we won't have Sarpreet seeing that catalyzing figure, the the player that provides magic with his feet and can unlock basically any defense, it seems, at international level. Um, this team will have Alex Grieve, who plays for St. Mirren, in 
the Scottish Premier League. It will have Chris Wood, who everybody knows. And then Eli Just is a player that is causing havoc in um, the Danish Superliga at the moment. And Callum McCowart, Matt Garbett and Marco Stamich are all players that you want to watch now uh, so that you can spot them later on when they're playing the likes of Champions League football as Marco Stamich has done already this season. So appreciate your point. History's not fantastic, but we're here for we're here for the evolution, is he? Hey, Jacob, does yeah. it does it help that the game's up there in England um, getting players on board? And what, why is the game in England? Yeah, it's a great question, uh, Kim, because it's not something that the average Kiwi uh, punter, uh, punter is used to. So all of our players have been selected from either North America or Europe, saving one who's the starting goalkeeper this morning, and Michael Vald, who's playing in Japan. Now, You'd like to see the team get home and play Australia in New Zealand or Australia, but this really speaks to where the players are based and what would make it uh, achievable given the logistics of moving people around the globe. So um, this is to facilitate, I guess, uh, not impacting the players um, as much during their seasons because that is something that is a massive, massive challenge and is a headache that Darren Basie and his team have to deal with in the run into each window. They basically have to establish a really good relationship, at times negotiate with clubs around releasing players. And we have seen players in the past say, I'm not available for this given window because I'm just under so much pressure with my club football. Um, and that's the same for the Socceroos. The kicker, Kempe, is that we're expecting Clapham to migrate west this evening to Brentford. <laughs> so there are enough Kiwis and Aussies, there are enough people on the OE that would love to have a beer on a Tuesday night that hopefully are heading down to the GTEC Stadium in Brentford. Hey, Spoons, uh, no A-League players in this All-Whites team. I don't think there's any in the in the Aussie team either. Is that playing to what you're talking about, about what Darren Baisley has to go through and the fact we're only sort of a week and a half away from the men's A-League kicking off? Yeah, I think that's exactly the point, Ricardo. It, you know, we, you would have liked to have seen players like Clayton Lewis, um, Ollie Sale, Alex Rufa, and maybe even some younger players like Finn Sermon, uh, Lucas Kelly Howard, Costa Barbarousis, um, for another springs to mind. But they would have had to travel over 30 hours, um, potentially even double that in order to get across for the two matches and then get back in preparation for the A-League season. Um, so that gives you an indication of the stress. And I think also the really reasonable management that Darren Baisley is employing. It also speaks to the depth, Ricardo. Although you've said that there, won't, there aren't any A-League players on either side or any of the squad this evening, um, a lot of these players have come through the A-League. So it is another reason to check out the Wellington Phoenix men's team when they kick off this weekend because this is the funnel that our player development runs through now with the auckland team coming online we can expect to see these players before they are shipped off to over, uh, overseas to other shores and there is real interest in not only new zealand players but also australian players and that speaks to the quality in the squad tonight well 30 minutes time uh they're gonna take take center field and taking on take on the australians jacob talk about darren Baisley. have you been impressed with his uh, way that he has coached and the structures within this group, we've been. I did some reading this morning on on the way they're playing. They're holding onto the ball. The position is not a problem. They are using it better, and they're unlocking a lot of defensives, uh, defensive teams. What What do you want to see from uh, All White's perspective to be able to unlock this Australian outfit? Oh, well, Izzy, we played the Aussies twice in 2022 um, mm. before 
they went away to the World Struggle. Socceroos went away to the World Cup. And what I would I'd like to see from Bayes is um, an attacking intent, an ambition to take this game to the Socceroos, even without Sarpreet Singh. We've got some fantastic technical players. Let's create a game that has tempo to get them on the ball in space. Coming back to your original point around uh, Bayes and what he has done since taking the mantle from Danny Hay, obviously, um, I think the political or the diplomatic way to say it is that there there were some questions around how Bayes would step up and, and what he would bring to the table, um, having been an assistant of Danny. And what I think we've seen is a really relaxed figure, someone who has been, who's going out of his way to be collaborative on almost a, a Ted type figure. Um, where he's looking to employ smart people to make him smarter. And he's engaging with the squad of intelligent players and trying to understand the way in which they want to play, the way in which they'll be dangerous, and facilitating a structure that allows them to go out on the field and really achieve. So that's been the thing that I think has stood out to me in these initial couple of games uh, for Darren Basie. And that won't be apparent to everybody, given how they given the, the football that we've played on the field at times, but it is that foundational piece um, that we are seeing behind closed doors. Uh, in terms of just rounding it out quickly on the on on field, the technical stuff, absolutely. I want to see an evolution of this team. I want to see them be ambitious as they have been in the closing phases against Congo. They were in that second game against China. The question for me is, can we kick it off and do that early doors, particularly in the first half against the Socceroos? Hey, Jacob, there was pl- there's plenty of document. Um... Uh, documented about how Danny Hay and the New Zealand football didn't get on and he, and he sort of isolated the players around making sure that high-performing um, team was working the way that he wanted. Have you seen it as a more relaxed atmosphere around there? And, and what's it like for the players um, that come in, into camp? Do they, you know, you see this, a, a, um, this EPL-type player are they staying in like a castle somewhere? They got their own fields. What 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 is the setup? <laughs> no, it's not rugby league camping. We don't have the dollars just yet at the moment, mate. Um, no, I, I think um, what the the reflection of the Danny He era indicated to us is that we have a very special group of players. This is the greatest depth that we've ever seen in New Zealand football's history. Um, although we haven't achieved what the 82 and, and 2010 generations did, um, we've got this wonderful future ahead of us. So the question was, and the responsibility sits collectively here, Kempi, what can everybody do? The NZPFA, New Zealand football, the playing group, the staff, what can we do to facilitate um, realisation of that potential? Um, so I think what we're seeing at the moment is Darren Baisley stepping through that. He's still in a transitional phase. He's still figuring out who um, he's got at his disposal. We've seen Matt Dibley-Diaz, unfortunately, had to pull out of the squad, but an exciting teenager who plays for Fulham. Um, Tyler Binden got his debut against the Congo. So I think Darren's still looking. He's still surveying. He's trying to understand what's going on. In terms of the environment itself, it is, it is almost sacred. Uh, Kempe. It is something that there is a collective understanding, like it is with um, the All Blacks, like it is with the rugby league team. It is a part of New Zealand that you can take away with you. When you speak to any of the lads, even the likes of Tommy Smith, who has gone to a World Cup, who has over 50 caps for the All Whites, he gets super excited about the opportunity to join up with the Kiwi lads and to be part of this All Whites environment. Um, just to give you a glimpse into what goes on in camp. 
So Tyler Binden got his first cap uh, last week, as I mentioned. Um, Ryan Nelson came into came into camp, a former All White, to present him with his first cap, and also to present Chris Wood and Tommy Smith with their fiftieth caps um, as they achieved those in previous windows. Um, so. It's not always published, but it is something that there is a common understanding that this is special. We need to maintain that, and no one is above the environment. Jacob, we've seen uh, a few different players uh, tried out. As you said, uh, Darren is still getting a, a handle on that. Uh, one of them you mentioned there, Tyler Binden. Great story there. His mum, Jenny, of course, uh, football fern for a number of years, played at a couple of Olympics, a couple of World Cups for us. What what have you seen from him that excites you? His height. I mean, anyone who knew who Jenny knew that she wasn't the tallest, and he's clearly got his height from his dad. Um, look, I think what Tyler gives us is an option going forward. To give context to, to the Kiwi audience, Tyler was part of the USA setup. He's got eligibility for both the USA and New Zealand. Um, and he was somebody that they had... Uh, huge wraps on he was part of their under 20 squad there was a chance he could be involved in the olympic team um but he has chosen at the age of 18 to commit to the all whites which is a massive undertaking and the media attention in the usa was all about this missed gem that the usa has let go to new zealand one area that we were quite light on was center back so we saw winston reed depart um, at the end of the last world cup campaign michael boxall Although he is uh, a bit of an Adonis and I'm sure he'd attempt to go well into uh, the late 30s like Tom Brady. Uh, he is somebody that is getting on in years. Um, we've got Nando Panica there that's going to anchor that back line, I'm sure, for a number of years. But we didn't quite have the depth at centre back as we did in other positions. So the likes of Tyler Binden and keep an eye on Finn Sermon and Lucas Kelly held in the Wellington Phoenix squad. They are the next generation and are likely to fill a gap or at least provide succession options for Darren Basie if something does happen to one of his established centre backs. Now you mentioned 2022, we played the Aussies twice, once in Brisbane, once in Auckland, uh, lost both in the end, but came pretty close to uh, to getting a result in Brisbane. In fact, we're probably a bit unlucky. We left a few goals out there. How do you see tonight going, or this morning going? Yeah, we created chances against Australia in Brisbane. And I've got to say, Ricardo, although we lost that game 1-0, that is the best match of all whites football I have seen. Um, they were so confident. They were uh, stepping on the Aussies. They were denying them opportunities. They were going man for man at the back at times. Um, and then with the ball, they were manipulating the Australians and put them on their back foot. So we actually saw Graham Arnold adjust in the middle of the first half to more of a contained strategy because he had to concede that the All Whites were out manoeuvring him, particularly in the midfield. Uh, it was a moment of magic from the bill that eventually unlocked um, the All Whites. Um, they then came home and were, were really fatigued. There was a lot of travel for a lot of the squad um, during for that Eden Park game. Um, and Danny Hay admitted that. He said it wasn't their best game, unfortunately. He would have loved to have given, given Winston Reid a send-off. What I think we can expect is those two games to provide motivation for this all-white side this morning. Um, they will be in that shop window. They're in a big market in the UK. For a lot of players personally, this is an opportunity for them to put a, their front foot, their best foot forward rather. Um, they do have the January transfer window coming up. So there are a couple of boys that are probably eyeing a move, but collectively, they want to get a result. They want to get a result against a decent opposition. They've been waiting on this for almost 18 months now. The likes of Costa Rica, Peru, for example, um, Australia last time, and even the Congo earlier this window. 
they want a win. And I think if they get a win, that'll be an indication of the progress that they are attempting to achieve as a team. Good stuff, Jacob. Thanks very much for coming on this morning. Really appreciate it. We'll let you go so you can... Uh, let you get back to your castle. Get, get back to his castle. Well, he, mate, he, I'll tell you what, he's tidying the castle at the moment because uh, uh, Spoonly number two is about to join the ranks at some point this week. So best of luck to you and uh, Mrs. Spoons on that one, Jacob, and go well. Thank you very much, Ricardo. I, just a snippet at the end, mate. I've had I've been outvoted by the Croatian Mafia. Uh, if either of the boys plays for Auckland City, he has to play under Ehrlich, not Spoonley. Not too happy about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a famous name. Famous name at Auckland City. R- Ricardo Ehrlich has a great ring to it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let whoever is having Ricardo Ehrlich know, mate. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> Cheers, Jacob. Appreciate uh, your time, Jacob brother. Jacob with us. Uh, uh, former All-White there. Yeah, it's going to be a great game this morning. Kicks off at 7.45. Mm. The other really good thing about this, boys, is that FIFA have embraced international football, probably taking it to another level. They've got FIFA Plus channel, so you can watch all these games live for free uh, just by going online to FIFA, FIFA's website. But also Duke and TVNZ Plus uh, have got the games on live to air this, uh, the game on live to air this morning at 7.45, so you can watch that international football out of London for free this morning if you want to tune in at a quarter to eight. Rick Dog, when mm. was the last time we beat Australia? Soccer, the Socceroos. Mate, that's going back. Uh, yeah. Uh, would have been, well, to be honest, I don't know. I do remember mm. us beating them in the qualifying for 82, uh, but I'm sure we've beaten them wow. since then. Uh, oh, actually, we, mm. we beat them in the 2002 Oceania Nations Cup final. Ah. 1 0, yeah. Ryan Nelson with the goal. That was at Mount Smart. Yeah, I, I think was, I remember that because we the country went ballistic, didn't it? Yeah, that's it did. why I said surely there's a memory coming in in the top of the head here. There, there's a moment there. Yeah, so I think that was the last time we beat them. But yeah, we do owe them, do owe them a couple because we played them in the lead up to the World Cup, and actually outplayed. Uh, this was in 2010 and outplayed them in that game. Uh, but I'm trying to remember who it was. It was one of the one of the dirty Aussies. Um, there's plenty of them. Um, should have got a red card. And any normal game would have been a red card, but it was a friendly, so they gave him a, a yellow and he got subbed off for some pretty uh, nasty tackle on Simon Elliott. So, yeah, def- definitely a bit of spice. Definitely a bit of spice. So looking forward to that one kicking off. It is 7.23 here on SENZ. If you... you uh, need a new mobile plan, make sure you visit Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring.